What if I told you that in 2024, you were going to travel more? I bet you would be excited because who doesn't have travel more on their 2024 vision board? But my loves, it's time to craft a bit of an action plan and take your first steps. And this is where I come in. I'm hosting a trip to Bali, May 23rd to May 29th, 2024 for the Manifest Daily community. I'm so excited about this one. We have a jam-packed itinerary. We have a Balinese cooking class, a sacred monkey forest, visit a coffee brewing workshop, literally the works because that's just a taste of the itinerary. And this trip is a celebration of new beginnings and also a couple of birthdays. So if you're curious about Bali and you want to meet me there alongside a couple other wonderful, amazing, beautiful souls, head to my website for more information, themanifestly.com slash events. Visit the link in the show notes. And yeah, let's let's hang out in Bali. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to the podcast. I hope you guys are having an amazing day and an amazing week as you guys listen to today's episode. If you are unfamiliar with Manifest Daily, welcome, my love. I don't know why I said it like that. That's literally not how I ever do the intros, but I mean, here we are, so I'm just going to roll with it. My loves, it's currently Wednesday, April 13th. It's 3.33 p.m. I just saw that. So 3 333. Wait, 3333. Yes, four threes. We love that. We love her. Beautiful angel number. I love three. Three is literally my favorite number. Eight is definitely a close up there because, you know, abundance, money, infinity. I have an 888 tattoo on my arm. If you didn't know, now you know. Love that number. Anyways, my loves, let's go ahead and chat about what this episode will be about because I am recording this intro on the fly. I'm waiting for Tere to call me back on FaceTime because her phone died today's phone always dies when we're facetiming it's a running joke now so i'm just kind of casually here waiting for it to turn back on because her ipad apparently is not calling or letting my calls through so very ghetto behavior but i'm waiting for her to call me back and i was like let me record this intro today we are doing another guest episode and i'm so excited for this conversation because it was so good so uplifting so positive beautiful and i truly think you guys are going to enjoy it so today i'm chatting with shannon kaiser shannon is a five-time best-selling author, acclaimed self-love teacher, international empowerment coach, and a spiritual teacher. She is the author of the newest book that she's wrote, which is called Return to You, 11 Spiritual Lessons for Unshakable Inner Peace, which actually debuted April 5th, 2022, which is super exciting. So in today's interview, we get into talking about Shannon's book. We're talking about what her book is, how she got into writing, who this book is for, what are some things you can learn. And by way of the conversation of the book, we talk about anxiety, we talk about depression, we talk about how not following your intuition, how not really allowing yourself to show up authentically can really affect you in the physical world, affect your emotions, all that good stuff. And then we talk about how Shannon has found her way back to her herself, what that looks like, what her process of becoming an author looked like, all these different things. And it's a beautiful conversation, like I said. So my loves, if you want to hear more about intuition, returning to your highest self, if you 
are someone that struggles from time to time with depressive episodes or anxiety, this episode is going to be perfect for you. So grab your tea, grab your water, grab your tequila, whatever method of hydration suits you, my love. And let's go ahead and dive into today's beautiful, beautiful episode with Shannon Kaiser. Hi, Shannon. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. How are you? I'm so happy to be here with you. I've been looking forward to our chat for quite a while. I'm doing well. Same, same here. And I know we just had a little bit of like troubleshooting. You know, we basically used the first 10 minutes to troubleshoot, but here we are. So I'm super excited for us to dive into the convo. I know, I feel like anytime you do anything with tech in this world, right, you're always going to have to set aside a good five to 10 minutes to troubleshoot beforehand. So (laughs) we're on time. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I am so excited again, like I said, to have you on the show, but for all of the listeners who are tuning in, who may not be familiar with you or your work, can you tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, all the good things? Yeah. So I am a author and a coach. I've written five, well, six books total, five traditional published books, and they're all about the psychology of happiness and fulfillment. And really it all comes back, whether it's my coaching, my retreats, or my speaking, or the books, it all comes back down to authenticity and helping us step into our true self and living from that place so we can live the life we're made for. And that's why I'm just so excited to be here because I know this stuff jazzes you up as well. (laughs) Yes, honestly, anything psychology related and anything that has to do with like happiness, fulfillment gets me so excited. Um, So I love that. And we're going to get into one of your books in a second. But I'm just really curious. Have you always felt called to writing? I know that when I was a kid, my mom says I would write like all the time. So I feel like maybe being an author is in, you know, my path as well. But tell me, like, was this always something you felt called to? Oh my gosh, that's so cool that you share that. Because when I was younger, I did write quite a bit. It's how I process my feelings. I would write poetry for my friends. And I would sit out in nature. But I actually, I call it the split. You know, there was a time where I had a learning disability growing up where I couldn't really put the words in order and I would spell them backwards and upside down kind of thing. In fact, I had a friend come over and she saw one of my notes. It was like my little journal. And she said, is this a foreign language? Like, is this a secret language? And I was so sad by that because I could read it and my brain just didn't work that way. And so I felt really sad. And because she said that, I started to get bullied at school. I started to fall away. I call it the split. We fall away from what makes us, brings us joy. I wanted to fit in. And so I started working with grammar, you know, tutors, and I started to kind of, you know, get better at my spelling and my grammar. But what really happened is I abandoned the writer self for about 25 years. I went into a different career and it caused depression. I was in advertising, working with celebrities, flying all around the world. It looked like I had it all. But at the end of the day, I would cry myself to sleep. And in, I was addicted to drugs. I had an eating disorder. And when my doctor did diagnose me with clinical depression, this was in 2009, it was a turning point for me because I realized the majority of my depression was tied to me not being my authentic self. And so that's why it set me on a path of what do I really want to do with my life? What am I here to do? What is my purpose? How can I follow my heart? And so for the past 11 years, I've been doing the work that I do. And it doesn't feel like work, as you know, when we do what we love. <laughs> I got chills hearing that because it's such a, like one of those like cliche quotes that whenever you hear it, you're like, you're rolling your eyes, but you know, it's so true. And it's, it's interesting to me that 
you know, whenever we kind of find ourselves moving further away from our purpose or the things that do make us feel like we're authentically being ourselves, showing up as our best selves in this world, how that can just lead to a lot of like depression, anxiety, some more of those negative feelings, because we literally are moving through the world not being ourselves, right? We're moving through the world, putting on a mask, showing up as someone else. So yeah, so we're trying so hard to fit in and fit to the world. And that's one of the reasons why I do the work right now that I do, especially with my new book. It's about how to be your true self and let the world fit. Stop trying to fit something because we're never going to, we're never going to, it's a rat race really, right? We're never going to fit. So it is about returning to you and being your true self. Yeah. And again, I wanted to dive into the book in a second, but literally that, like the whole idea of fitting in always has confused me because I'm just like, everyone is so different. Like what is this standardization, this norm that we've tried to create this like one size fits all mold? Like how can we force billions of people to fit into one prescribed box? Do you know what I mean? Like it literally blows my mind. I'm like, makes no sense it is i am with you and since since i was a little girl i felt the same way like we are born with unique gifts and talents and skills wouldn't it be better if we all honored each other in that way instead of trying to fit and i think that's what's opening up like that's why you and i do the work we do and that's why because it is about being you celebrating you and recognizing that with respect we can all be ourselves there's so much more joy so much more peace in that so much. Yeah. So let's dive into this book, right? So you recently published a book called Return to You, 11 Spiritual Lessons for Unshakable Inner Peace. I want to know, where did the idea for this book come from? Besides literally everything we just talked about, like, what, was there a specific moment where you were like, I have to write this book? Like, it just came through to you? Was it sort of like a slow burn? How did this come to be? Yeah, well, I know that you're a writer, too. So from a writer to a writer, because I see the book in your future, I think... <laughs> <laughs> a little oracle for you. Um, you know, it's I love it. For me, my books come through my own personal experience. And I was actually on book tour for my last book, which is called Joy Seeker. It's all about seeking joy and following the, the dreams in your heart. And that's part of fulfillment. So I was on book tour for that book. And lo and behold, I was drinking my own Kool-Aid, which meant I was feeling good, feeling joy but anxiety caught up with me. I would come home to the hotels on the book tour and I would have these panic attacks, crying and overwhelming kind of waves of sadness come over. And I realized I was having full-blown anxiety attacks. I had been doing this work for over eight years at that point. And as a happiness coach and empowerment coach, the question was, why anxiety? Why now? And it was my ego was screaming at me, my inner voice, or not my inner voice, but the mind voice, the, the, the kind of fear voice saying, who do you think you are to be happy? You know, this is all going to go away. There's so much pain in the world. It was just such a incredibly loud voice. It was causing physical manifestations in my body. So I went inward and I recognized, okay, if I'm going through anxiety as a spiritual coach, as a book author, as a person who knows and helps people be happy and joyful, then this is a deeper awareness for me. And my inner voice, you know, said, you can't fix a spiritual internal situation with an outside solution. And I was at that point, always kind of going outside the next diet, the next, you know, course, the next coach, it was always outside of me. So I went on an inward journey. And I recognized what is the opposite of what I'm going through? Well, if I'm feeling panic and anxiety, the opposite is peace. So maybe I'm learning about inner peace. And that's when I was like, this is the book you're you're getting ready to write. Part of what you were saying there brought me to just the understanding of imposter syndrome. And sometimes when we're like going through these moments in our lives where we don't feel 
deserving of whatever it is that we're experiencing for whatever reason. Uh, maybe something's happened in our past or we feel like, you know, we should have worked harder to get there. And just being able to calm that voice down and to sort of like take the conversation in another direction and really recognize your talent. So is that something that you're hoping readers get from this book, Taking Away, is like learning how to quiet that ego, right? Quiet that sort of loud inner voice that says, no, you're not worthy or you're not good enough. Yeah, you know, one of my favorite chapters in the book is about the part of us that it's called, you know, nothing real can be threatened. And that inner voice inside of us that says we're not good enough, that's not real. What's real is the love in our heart. What's real is the light that we have, our connection connection to those around us. And so for me, the biggest thing is this is a step-by-step guide for getting back to what's true, our inner world, uh, and really from a place of peace, which is choosing love. There's a lot of fear in the world. So if you kind of boil it down, you know, this book, Return to You, is lessons for unshakable inner peace. I looked at all the things that keep us from peace, you know, whether it's a natural disaster, whether it's a situation you're born into, whether it's the types of things that we're, um, you know, feeling anxious because there's a fear, there's worldwide events happening, there's so much fear, and all of it is taking us outside of ourselves, and when we can connect inward, we can then rise up in the world with more love. And so from this place, the number one thing is to know that you have more power than you've been given. And this power is love. So activate that love in the world. About a year ago, I wanted to elevate my health and wellness journey. I was so tired of taking all these different supplements every single day. So instead of adding more, I decided I wanted to simplify and try AG1. It's one of the best decisions I made in 2023. I now feel more energized and mentally clear daily. My skin has even more of a healthy and brighter glow and my digestion has improved. Like I said, I first gave AG1 a try because I wanted to simplify my supplements. I wanted a single solution to support my entire body, my gut, and my brain health. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've noticed that I feel a boost in energy, not just in the morning when I take it, but throughout my entire day. I used to rely on caffeinated pre-workouts, if you know, you know, but when I cut those out, I struggled with grogginess. Adding an AG1 in the morning covers my bases with 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, and ingredients like pre and probiotics, adaptogens, antioxidants, and whole food source nutrients. My favorite part of AG1? It's just one scoop, one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. I love to add in a squeeze of half a lemon, a few drops of AG1's vitamin D3K2, and three ice cubes, approximately three ice cubes every single morning into my glass as well. This is a partnership made in heaven because AG1 is the supplement that I trust and have trusted since 2023 to provide the support that my body needs daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. That's drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. Check it out. Today's podcast episode is sponsored by Ana Luisa. Ana Luisa is a jewelry brand with a simple but clear cut idea that high quality jewelry should not cost the planet. 
In fact, their fair price pieces start at just $39 with new jewelry collections released every Friday. When my mom got to Dallas a few weeks ago, I was so excited to show her some of the pieces from Ana Luisa that I picked up for her in honor of just celebrating her, celebrating her being my mom and just loving her so, so much. I've shared several pieces from Ana Luisa's site with her through text and she loves the way that they're so minimal, elegant, and just like really simply beautiful. So she fell in love with the Tia medium gold hoop earrings. Those are the ones that I shared with her and said that they were perfect for her to add into just like an everyday outfit or when she's going to work or even for dressing up and like going out to dinner with my dad. So Mother's Day is coming up and I'm so excited because y'all know my mom, like I said, she's literally one of my favorite people in my life. So I love being able to gift her different things for Mother's Day. And one of the things that I love to gift her is jewelry. She loves jewelry. She loves showing off her personality through jewelry. And like I said, Ana Luisa's pieces are simple, timeless, elegant, and just the perfect gift for a mom and an also for yourself as well, or just anyone in your family who really enjoys beautiful pieces like those. If you are on the hunt for a perfect gift for Mother's Day or anyone that you really want to celebrate by gifting them jewelry, I have the perfect Mother's Day gift idea for you. Go to shop.analuisa.com slash manifest daily. That's S-H-O-P dot isa.com slash manifest daily to make your mom's day and treat her to new jewelry pieces with Anna Luisa's buy one, get one 40% off sale. So that's one piece for her. And of course, one piece for you. Again, that's shop.analuisa.com slash manifest daily. So S-H-O-P dot A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A.com slash manifest daily to make your mom's day, treat her to some fabulous new jewelry. And of course, grab one for yourself with your buy one, get one 40% off sale. And I just know you guys are going to fall in love with their jewelry. I fell in love with their jewelry. I am still in love and I wear their pieces every single day. So I hope you guys enjoyed this one. It will be linked in the bio. Thank you again to Anne Luisa for sponsoring today's episode. For anyone that picks up this book and is interested in sort of finding a way back to their inner peace, like what else do you hope they take from this book or what are some other lessons they can apply from this book into their everyday life? Oh yeah. Well, this book has truly brought me peace. So it is about inner peace, but what does that mean? It's, it's a freedom from fear. We're living in a world that is causing so much chaos. Like it's so chaotic. There's all these things pulling at our attention. There's all these demands and it's, it's a lot of anxiety ridden kind of things that are happening. It's also causing a lot of worry and stress. And these are manifested into unbalances in our life. And so for me, the, the true takeaway is how to center yourself, how to be grounded in calm in a chaotic world. It's about coming back to what is true for you in love. So it's all about activating the love in your heart, whether it's the chapter about, you know, your purpose is personal expansion. So stepping into your true purpose, or whether it's the chapter about realizing that everything we're going through is a lesson to help us learn more about ourselves. And ultimately, we are growing into more love. So it's a beautiful process. It's a step by step process for intuition development. Because truly, I've learned both in my business and life, the more we trust ourselves, the more we believe in ourselves, that's our intuition talking to us, the, the more graceful and, and flowing our life can be. So it's a process. Yeah. And I'm curious, you know, as we're talking about someone being their authentic selves and sort of the ego that comes up or the fear that comes up, is there sort of a clear way that you've learned to discern the two? Because I think a lot of people, when they're sort of on this initial part of their journey, 
they're not really sure, is this ego, is this fear, or is this that inner knowing that I'm sort of pushing away thinking it's ego? So how do you discern and how have you on your journey sort of learned to get stronger and better at discerning the two? Yeah, in fact, there's a quiz that's, I think it's about learning your intuition style. And I put a quiz in the book and there's also a quiz on my website. I love quizzes myself. So if you go to playerforworld.com, and as you saw in the book, there's a quiz that helps you. What is your intuition style? And this means, you know, we have a way that our intuition talks to us. And once we learn that, we can recognize that the ego is going to kind of, it usually comes from a place of lack or a place of fear. And so you're making a choice, like maybe I need to go take this job because I don't have money right now, but you really don't want that job. Or that's ego, whereas the inner voice will say, maybe you can do what you love and not make as much money, like go volunteer at an animal shelter or whatever's coming to you, you know? So for a quick way to know, you can take the full quiz, of course, but a quick way to know is uh, with the intuition style quiz, just ask when you are talking to people. How do you let them know that you're with them and understand? So do you say, I see what you mean? That means that you're often a clear seer and maybe your intuition talks to you through pictures in the mind's eye, you know, that they call it clear, uh, clear sentient. You see, there's another one. If you're like, I hear what you, I hear what you mean. I hear you. I hear you. You know, if you're in an argument with someone, I hear you. This is is mine. My inner voice always talks to me through my ears and it's like a follow your heart, you know, when I left advertising. So this is clairaudient. Your intuition gives you little voices. It's not, you're not going crazy. It's your intuition. And then there's, of course, I know what you mean. And that's like a knowing you feel it in your body. And then there's another one, I feel you, which is a fun one. That's fine. <laughs> I guess I always, everyone is, I'm like, I feel you. I feel you. Yeah, yes, that one's fine. Your intuition yeah. probably talks to you through feelings, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. And so the yeah. more you kind of trust this and the more you start to realize that feeling you're feeling is truth coming to you to help you guide you on your path, the more we start to listen to it. I love that. The feelers are great. <laughs> I would say, honestly, and all of these are probably, you know, hard to really grasp again at the start of your journey because they're so subtle, right? That it's like the ego can be so loud and screaming and like, oh my God, don't do that because this, and again, the lack mentality and intuition is more quiet. It's chill. It's like, these are the vibes. And sometimes on the start of your journey, when you're getting those subtle messages, it can be like, is this really what I'm supposed to do? Or is this really like the truth? Is this really my authentic self? Um, And the feeling for me, I remember like having feelings that I should do something or go somewhere or stop something or start something and sort of feeling like, is this really what I'm feeling? And trying to logically process my feelings, but feelings aren't something you can really logically process, right? There's no... Yes. And that's the same thing when our intuition is talking to us. It's not up here. It's down here in our heart. So it's often like we try to, you bring up such a good point because we try to rationalize. We try to almost like negotiate our way out of it. And the way I often say, and what I like to, to share is like in your heart, does it feel like a pull and a presence and a peace, you know, from, from kind of a pull that is like, I have to do this. For example, when I first left advertising, I knew I needed to be a writer. I started to see visions and hear like write a book, you know, but I never really knew what it would turn into. 
if I never listened to just that one step that said, write an article today, I would have never got published. And, and it, so one step at a time, it's not like it said, you're going to be a book author and you're going to have a career in writing. It said, write an article today on something you care about. And that article got published. My very first thing I wrote got published in Chicken Soup for the Soul, which oh is like an inspirational book. Love the chicken soup book. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, wow, I'm getting published. So this is the universe coming in and saying like, you're on the right track. And I wouldn't have, you can't jump steps, so to speak. So I, all I did was listen to the intuition that said, chicken soup for the soul is looking for, for stories right now. I'll submit a story. And I think that's part of manifesting and stepping into our purpose is not, I find anxiety comes when we get overwhelmed by the how, or am I really doing it right? These are kind of direct in from the ego or that inner voice that says it has to be right or it's not going to work. Just take a step. That's kind of what playing with the world's about, you know? Yeah. And I love that. It's literally having fun with the journey. Um, in terms of this process, right, of writing a book, you've mentioned advertising in that career a few times. In terms of becoming an author, sort of getting to where you've gotten today, was the step of leaving that career that you'd built up the hardest in your journey? Or do you think it, it's been, um, maybe there's another moment that you can identify that's been sort of the most challenging on this journey for you? I think leaving a career when you think that's the career you're going to do for your whole life is is kind of terrifying because that's the identity I had wrapped myself up in. I wanted to run my own agency by the time I was 30. I was going to win all these awards. And so to dissect and pull away from that, it's really what I consider an ego death. It's called a spiritual awakening as well. And I really was going through a massive spiritual awakening, which is when we recognize the things we do aren't who we are. And I had kind of defined myself. So by the accolades, by the awards, by the prestigious title and the fancy advertising agency and working with celebrities, right? The thing is, we all have to go through a process where we realize that's outside of ourselves. And so to write was an internal expression because I went back to me as a child. I First thing I asked in advertising, it's not like I left, left advertising and said, I'm going to be a writer. There was many months in between where I had no idea what I was going to do. I just knew that I could not go back to what I was doing. And so each step I say, we learn the way on the way because each step I started to do, I said, well, what did I love to do as a child? And writing came to me. So I returned to me through the writing, started to write, started to get published. And, you know, as a writer, I think the journey is really about, and, and I share this in my author mentorship, I work with writers wanting to get published. So often we sit down and writer's block comes because we're trying to write for someone else or what will the world say, or my audience wants to hear this. And some authors do that and that's beautiful. Maybe it works for them. But for me, it's always been, I have to write for myself first. So my very first book I wrote, I wrote through the process of leaving depression, leaving advertising and anxiety at that point. And I self-published that book with no expectations. I just knew I needed to share it. It was called Find Your Happy and it became a bestseller. And that led to my traditional published career. And if I would have never taken that step to put a book out and just put it out in the world in my own, then it would have changed the trajectory of my life. So I'm very thankful for each process, each step of the way, right? Yeah. It's like that one step that we take just sort of propels us into so many other things that we literally like, I mean, I'm sure, you know, if you believe in destiny and fate, which I do, that was in your path and it was going to happen. But it's like, that was the one thing that snowballed into everything else. I think so. And I love that you bring up destiny and fate, because I think a lot of the times it is about coming back to what is true for you. And sometimes we get, it's not wrong, but we, we kind of go off path. And then 
it doesn't feel right, right? It causes all this stress. So it really is coming back to what is meant for you. We'll always find a way. I like to say that too. Yes, love that. Another <laughs> cliche one, another one, literally like brand that on my foot because I love that one. It's so good, so good. One thing that you said that also resonated for me and I think will resonate with a lot of the listeners is this sort of, um, creating for someone else versus creating for yourself, right? I think we can apply this to every creative venture in the world, not just writing. It's like when you are doing something where you are making something, whether it's videos, you're writing a book, you're crafting, whatever, and you find yourself in a place where you are trying so hard to create for others so that they can consume more and it can sort of propel you into maybe more money or more fame or whatever. It starts to become this sort of externally driven process that I think takes away from you nurturing your soul with that craft or with that thing. Oh, I'm so with you on that. And I even talk about this in the book. You know, there's a lesson where I talk about we have to create. I think as human beings, we're creators. I talk to people sometimes they're like, I'm not creative. I don't do paint. I don't write. And it's 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 not so much in the creative sense of the art world, but it's to be, I mean, humans, we pop out other humans, right? Like to to be a, a human is to create. So look at how you're creating your day. Are you creating it with intention? Look at how you're creating each moment. Like I'm here with you. We're present. We're enjoying our call. It's like the the moments in between all that chaos, because that's always going to be happening. Coming back to center right now. How do I want to live my life? How do I want to create this moment? How do I want to show up? And these are questions I ask myself every day. You know, before I used to be frantic, I'd wake up and before I even got out of bed, I'd like flip through all the things I'd have to do or stress from the day before. But now it's, I wake up with intention, with a little prayer, with gratitude. I hug my dog, you know, it's, it's just about the moments. So yeah. How can we create more joy moments, if you will? Mm -hmm. I love that. Especially starting off your day with intention. I think that's so, so important. So I really want to dive into some of the topics that you get into, not just in your book, but just in your platform or on your platforms rather in general. And those are anxiety, which we kind of talked about earlier and depression, right? And you mentioned sort of on your journey, having to go through that and really having that be kind of a catalyst for you finding your way to this book and finding your way back to yourself. And I'm curious with your journey when it comes to anxiety and depression, were there specific triggers for you that you feel were maybe linked to you feeling like you weren't following your path? That sort of accelerated how you felt or sort of, you know what I mean? Like made it more, um, what is it where I'm looking for? <laughs> sort of made you feel more depressed and more anxious. Yeah, that's a great question. Cause I do think one, we're living collectively in such an anxious time, just what we've been through over the last couple of years. And just in general, there's so much coming at us. And so for me, the anxiety really came down to beliefs. And that's why I have a whole chapter in the book about our beliefs will create our reality. And I start the book with a quote by Stephen, um, Stephen Richards that says, our level of love or our level of fear will determine our state of reality. And anxiety is a cousin of fear and, and it's very real. I suffered from panic attacks. I know it's very real. But in this experience, I had to look at why is my anxiety here? And I recognized anxiety and depression, they're not here to limit us. We can stay festered in it and we can. It's a very real mental illness, I understand. Uh, for me, though, anxiety and depression is not here to limit us, but free us from a life that is no longer aligned and so I was out of alignment with self for me. It became a mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional issue. So I looked at all areas of my life holistically. 
because we're we're a very rounded being. You can't just focus on one, just your career, just your relationship. And so for me, it came back to fears, fear of the unknown, fear of not fitting in, fear of not being good enough. So once I went directly to my fears and started looking at those and started to shine a light on them, if you will, and bring in more love to them, they disintegrated. And I literally, I'll have anxious moments, but I do not live in anxiety anymore. I truly am more peaceful than I've ever been. So it is a process impossible for all of us to step into alignment, which is peace and love. Yeah. I actually really love the way you phrase that and the way you sort of shifted that perspective. Because I think a lot of times when we talk about anxiety and depression, we're so focused on, obviously it's negative, right? When you're anxious or you're depressed, you don't feel good. Like you want to get out of that. You want to move to something else. But the fact that you focus on the way that we can use anxiety and depression as sort of like markers of, are we out of alignment with self? Where do we need to shift? Where do we need to change, right? And going back to the job thing, it's like, there are so many people listening and I know they feel this way because I've had the moments in my past where I was at a job that I completely hated. And that was a huge trigger for depression and anxiety for me. And it was sort of a place for me to be like, okay, this is triggering that for me. I need to leave this job. Yes, I need money, but I also need my peace. I need my inner peace. I am not here to be (laughs) depressed, right? Right. That's it. Right. And it's constantly about, I love that you share that because it's constantly about checking in with yourself. Like that job probably worked for you really well at one point, but then sometimes we kind of, we outgrow what we need to grow into. And so we get to a place where it's like, I got it. And I talk about this in seasons of your soul, the lesson in the book where we have to respect where we are and not try to be like if you held on to that job, it would have caused so much more anxiety and depression. Same with me and my career. And we're sacrificing ourselves. So grow with the seasons and, and let yourself kind of open up to what's coming. You know, a question I often ask myself or my clients, I say, what is what is falling away? You know, like, or what no longer resonates or what no longer serves me? You can ask in any way. So if you ask that, it's like, oh, I'm not really connected to this part of my job or my business or this relationship. And then you ask what is coming or what is opening up? What's on its way to me? So there's a letting go and coming in. Oh my, you were just getting all the way. Yes. <laughs> I love that because yeah, I think a lot of times too, you know, if we get accustomed to something and we're like, it's our routine, whether it's the job, the person, the whatever, the idea of that thing falling away can become so terrifying because we're like, well, what what comes in place of that? What can feel? And sometimes I think there are seasons where the thing is meant to fall away and like nothing comes in just yet. Maybe it's just you being with yourself and like, you know, learning yourself more, uh, connecting with yourself a little bit deeper, allowing yourself to have that still moment. And sometimes the still moments, they are the ones that teach us how to kind of, again, connect with ourselves, get comfortable with being alone, get comfortable without some of the things that we thought we needed so badly, but we realize like, okay, we actually don't need that thing to survive. Like we can thrive and survive so much better without it. So yes, love the seasons. Yeah, it's all about clarity. Yes, and you do get clarity through those transitions. And that's why I call it kind of the transition. The space in between is often so beautiful, right? Like whether you're leaving a breakup or a job, that transition, I would not give up my time between any pivotal moment, whether it was leaving advertising and starting this new career or the relationship that ended that led to the more fulfilling one. 
these are, we look at it like we're off track or behind, but these are actually the glorious moments that make life really worth living, right? Yeah, I completely agree. So I'm also curious about some of the other lessons that you learned in that sort of transitionary period, right? Going through, again, the depression, the anxiety, finding your way back to yourself, um, some of the lessons maybe that you explore in the book, or just some that really are at the top of your mind when you think about what you learned through, throughout your journey? One of the biggest ones is our purpose is personal expansion. And this is a whole chapter in the book because it's so important. And I, I, I remember when I first left advertising, I was trying so hard to find my purpose and it was causing more anxiety and stress. It was really beating me down because I'm like, if I thought I was going to be in advertising and a designer, but all of a sudden I, it's a wide open canvas, what am I meant to do? I even like traveled to see shamans and gurus to like, tell me my life purpose, you know? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You were like, look for all the answers in all the places. You're like, leave no rock unturned. <laughs> Tell me what I'm meant to do. But I think what's interesting is I was chasing, I was like outside of myself chasing. And what I came back to is a realization that the things we do, the accolades, as I said, the job titles, I thought my purpose when I started to discover that I love writing is my purpose is writing. But the ego kind of attack and the anxiety attacks I had in 2019 when I sat down and kind of led me to write this new book were coming forth because I was still at some point defining myself by, by that what I do as a living. But if all of that does go away, who are we? And, and we're not defined by these things that we do. Instead, it's about coming back to what is real, which is what's inside of us. And so to me, that chapter and that whole idea, that lesson our purpose is personal expansion. So as long as we're growing, as long as we're committing to showing up with more self-love, more compassion, as long as we're respecting others and really working, you know, to understand who we are and how we can help, I think that's ultimately the shift because truly I feel most of us really do want to help others, you know, at least you and I and people listening, like we have big hearts. And so instead of staying in that place of, oh, I feel so helpless, I have to do that one thing and then I'm value to the world. You can add value in the world at any moment just by being at more love and action. You know, let someone sit in front of you at the grocery store, bring food to your neighbor, just sit and, and say a prayer in your home. Like there's so many ways. I like to say activate love moments. So to me, that's what expanding into our purposes. About a year ago, I wanted to elevate my health and wellness journey. I was so tired of taking all these different supplements every single day. So instead of adding more, I decided I wanted to simplify and try AG1. It's one of the best decisions I made in 2023. I now feel more energized and mentally clear daily. My skin has even more of a healthy and brighter glow and my digestion has improved. Like I said, I first gave AG1 a try because I wanted to simplify my supplements. I wanted a single solution to support my entire body, my gut, and my brain health. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've noticed that I feel a boost in energy, not just in the morning when I take it, but throughout my entire day. I used to rely on caffeinated pre-workouts, if you know, you know, but when I cut those out, I struggled with grogginess. Adding an AG1 in the morning covers my bases with 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, and ingredients like pre and probiotics, adaptogens, antioxidants, and whole food source nutrients. My favorite part of AG1? It's just one scoop. One scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. 
I love to add in the squeeze of half a lemon, a few drops of AG1's vitamin D3K2, and three ice cubes, approximately three ice cubes every single morning into my glass as well. This is a partnership made in heaven because AG1 is the supplement that I trust and have trusted since 2023 to provide the support that my body needs daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. That's drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. Check it out. Have you ever had an acne breakout come at the worst possible time? I know I have. I don't struggle with acne on my face, but I struggle with it on my shoulders and back. And for some reason, right as the summer approaches, my acne tends to flare up. And it's always an embarrassing situation for me that makes me feel very self-conscious and very just like, uneased when I have to go to a pool or to the beach or to any activity that's a summer activity where my shoulders and my back are out in a strapless dress or a spaghetti strap dress or anything like that. We've all had struggles with our skin and that's why I'm so excited to partner with Apostrophe who is the sponsor of today's episode. Apostrophe is a prescription skincare company that offers science-backed oral and topical medications that are clinically proven to help clear acne. Apostrophe connects you with a board certified dermatologist who will create a personal treatment plan that is perfectly tailored to your unique skin. You fill out Apostrophe's online quiz about your skincare goals, your medical history, all that good stuff, snap a couple selfies, y'all you know, and your dermatologist will put together a customized treatment plan just for you. Apostrophe treats all types of acne, so everything from hormonal acne to facial acne to even chest knee, back knee, and butt knee. They treat breakouts from head to toe. I love the way my Apostrophe package showed up straight to my door. I didn't have to go to the pharmacy. I didn't have to to wait in line. I didn't have to do anything extra once I filled out my form, talked to my dermatologist and got my prescription. Everything showed up to my door in this beautiful yellow packaging with adorable stickers and a postcard to boot. So I really, really enjoyed how everything came packaged. So today we have a special deal for the audience of Manifest Daily. You guys can save $15 off your first visit with an apostrophe provider at apostrophe.com slash manifest daily when you use the code manifest daily. This code is only available to manifest daily listeners so y'all are exclusive so to get started go to apostrophe.com slash manifest daily click begin visit and then use our code manifest daily sign up and you'll get your first visit for only five dollars that's a-p-o-s-t-r-o-p-h-e.com slash manifest daily and use the code manifest daily to get your dermatologist crafted treatment plan for five dollars and thank you again to apostrophe for sponsoring today's episode The question of purpose is such a such a big one, or at least we've made it into such a big thing where I think a lot of us are searching for this, you know, answer that's gonna blow our minds and be like, oh my God, that's that's it. That's the purpose right there. When you're right, like it's literally, and I, I have a quote that I consistently reach on Instagram and Twitter where it's like, Sometimes your purpose, and I think maybe all times, right, is just to be yourself, right? To expand, to grow, to continue to learn. And I love uh, what you said, activate the love moments. I think those little moments you have where you're interacting with another being, whether they are someone that you know already or a stranger, just little things like having the conversation with someone, like, you know, helping someone, putting your cart back, like just, I don't know, these little moments to make someone else's day better or brighter or whatever. It's so good. Like, I, I love that. I love that. It is. It's also like adding more peace in, in, 
I guess what we're really looking for too is connection and we want acknowledgement. And I think it's been such a contentious time, you know, just look on social media. There's just been a lot of like frustration out in the world. And so I think if we can just show up with more moments of compassion, that radically changes everything, your own community, your own life. And then we're helping to uplift the world as well. Yeah, I agree. So I am super curious, have there been any additional sort of books or resources, anything that you have used on your journey that have been instrumental in helping you to grow, expand and sort of activate those love moments in your life? Oh man, I love this question. Yeah, actually there's, well, A Course in Miracles is a book that has been very important for my journey. I talk about it a lot in this book too, because The Course in Miracles, it's a spiritual text, but it really is about freeing us from fear. It's about how to disengage from the ego. It's a big book. It looks like a Bible, but it really teaches from a place of returning to love. And one of the mantras in there is peace is my truth. I choose to see peace instead of this. So if you're looking out and seeing fear, I I like to dissect them in mantras. So if I'm looking out and I'm feeling frustrated, I can just say, I see peace. You know, another one that's really a book I love is called Ask and is Given. This is a really good book for manifesting. And it's uh, by Esther Hicks and, and Jerry Hicks, Abraham. But I love that one. Really good for manifesting, but also aligning your energy, raising your vibe so you can feel better. I love both of those, or at least I've heard of both of those and I've heard their amazing texts. I haven't read either of them, but I making a trip to Barnes and Noble this weekend. So yeah. And yeah, even the, the perception thing, like just the idea of saying, I choose peace, right? That is essentially you consciously choosing where do you look? And it's literally in a world where we can choose to look at anything from any sort of perspective that we want to, being able to say, I choose to see peace or I choose peace to feel peace and to see the good in this situation. I think that's important. And I always say that like, you know, never ignore the fact that there are bad things happening because I think part of seeing or choosing peace is acknowledging what's not going great, but choosing to see a way to sort of make it better or to activate those love moments and sort of make it a peaceful moment. Oh yeah. And I think that's so important to bring up because it's not about like spiritual bypassing or just being irresponsible or, you know, blaming uh, victims. It's nothing like that. I think what it really comes back down to, and I talk about this in the book too, because it's very important to me because I, you know, whether it's a natural disaster or a war, like whatever is happening, there are so many things that will take away our peace But I say, turn your resistance into assistance. And resistance is resisting the world as in like, this shouldn't be happening because it is happening. Like a lot of us, like we shouldn't have a war, of course, but it is happening. So instead shift your energy into a place of what can I do to help? And so whether that's donating money to something you care about, whether it's coming together, gathering, you know, stuff for the homeless in your own community, it's a really we can fester in the world's problems and there's a lot, there's so many areas, but where do you and your heart feel focused? You can't solve all the problems. So pick the ones that are in your heart to help, whether it's animals, kids, the the suffers in other countries. And then we start to rise up and all of us together have a part to play. If everyone was focusing on one problem and none of the others were kind of moving forward, then the world wouldn't be kind of moving in a higher direction. So just go into your heart and say, where can I take action today? And that's, that's enough, you know? And I also, you know, want to add, cause you mentioned so many beautiful ways that we can sort of show up in that loving way that whatever you do, right. 
big or small, and I put that in quotation marks if you're not seeing the video, because really, I think a lot of times we try to measure our loving acts. And if we feel like we're not showing up in a big enough way, it's almost like we don't even want to acknowledge that we've done something or we feel like, oh my God, we're not helping enough or we're not trying enough or whatever. And this can even be applied to imposter syndrome with our actions personally, like what we're doing in our lives. But just any action I think that you take, like if you do it with the intention of goodness in your heart and with love in your heart, then the size, there is no size. Like they're all (laughs) the one size. (laughs) I love that you share that because it's true. It's not a competition and it's not. And that's usually when sometimes in our mind or the conditioning of the world, I have to do more. We feel like we have to do more. But I think it, not even sharing it on social media, like you don't have to share that you donated. You don't have to share that you, you know, help. It's, it's about you and your own heart and your connection to your higher power too and helping just from a place of love. Yeah, I love that. So one of the things that we talked about literally at the beginning of this episode was sort of the connection between intuition and anxiety and intuition and depression and how sort of straying away from our higher self, our authentic selves can cause us to feel depression or anxiety. And I am just really curious. I want to sort of wrap up our interview with this last question, but, or one of the last questions, I have one more for you, but what are some of the concrete ways that you have sort of strengthened this this bond, I would say, with your intuition, right? This um, this way that you can sort of hear yourself, hear that feeling, that knowing, right? That seeing and truly come to believe it. Oh, so good. I think the very first thing is to detach from drama, you know? And I say that so easily, like it sounds like a bumper sticker, but the reason why is because everything in this world is going to pull us away from that. Whether it's watching the news, whether it's getting hooked up in the gossip scene and the celebrity culture, like it's all out there. And our inner world is in here. So where are you giving your attention? Is it making you feel joyful? Is it making you feel connected? Is it empowering you? That's why I love everything you're doing. I love your blog. I love your Instagram because it's very high vibe. Yeah. And I mean that because it's really about, are you contributing to um, where you're, you're contributing? But when we're looking at stuff, does it make us feel less or does it raise our vibration? And the reason why is because your intuition is always talking to you on the inside or feeling it or hearing it, right? As we talked about. So another way to really know is I often say you have to, it's like going to the gym. The more you do it, the easier it is. But the first couple of times you will be sore. You will be like, should I go back? It's the same way as listening to your intuition. If that voice is coming to you and it feels like a pull, it feels like a loving, kind guidance versus a kind of an authoritative, no one's intuition that I know talks to them like a drill sergeant. Go with the loving vibes, right? And the more you do it, the more you say, oh my gosh, we've all been in like that relationship. We know we should have listened to our inner voice that was like, I don't go any further or whatever, the, the job. And so when you listen to it, you can say, I'm so glad I listened to it. And the more you do that, the more you build up your inner faith and, and trust muscles. So it becomes a way of life. Completely agree. It literally is something that, at least again, in my experience and everyone that I know who's sort of been doing this work to strengthen that relationship and trust their intuition, it is a journey. There were times where we look back and we're like, yeah, I definitely knew at the beginning that I should not have gone any further with that thing. But, you know, then I did learn my lesson, you know, got pushed off the cliff. Like, what? yeah, and it's, it's not always a dramatic ending, but, you know, we had, we learned a lesson. And now it's to the point where it's like, you, you know, when you hear that little voice, you're like, oh, let me, let me listen because I don't want to have to learn the lesson the other way. I want to, I want to learn in the loving and guided nicely way versus the pushed off the cliff way. So yeah. And I do feel that there's purpose to all of it, right? Like you said, there's a lesson of daily 
us. <laughs> and there's a lesson in there too. And I think that's one of the things is, again, going literally back to what you said earlier, like choosing the way that we see it, right? So you can look at it and be like, oh my God, I wasted X amount of years at that job or X amount of years in that relationship. And like, I could have been somewhere else. And it's like, no, how about we look at it the other way and be like, I learned this, or I learned how to trust my intuition. I learned that I want this in a job or this in a partner instead. And being able to shift that focus is important. It's so, so true. The more we can look at it with grace and the more we can see that we're doing the best we can at every moment. And the more, you know, I think it was Maya Angelou, like do what you can until you know better than do better. Like look at our own life like that. Like you are not who you were then and you make different choices now. So grace and guidance, right? Yeah. New season, new blessings, new lessons. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's another, we need like a company that has all these mantras on them. <laughs> I know. I'm like, is that a rap or is that, did I see that on a shirt somewhere. I'm not really sure. It might've been on Etsy. Who knows? <laughs> but um, Shannon, this was such a beautiful conversation. I've enjoyed every moment of it. I hope you did as well. Um, I'd love to wrap up our conversation by just having you share where we can find you on social media, on the interwebs, all the things, and also where we can find your book. And of course, I'll have everything linked in the show notes for anyone listening, but please feel free to plug all the things. So you can find me on Instagram at Shannon Kaiser Writes, W-R-I-T-E-S. That's my author page on Facebook and, and Instagram. And then my book, Return to You, is out everywhere now. It's available, bookstores, Amazon, wherever you love to get books. I'm so happy that's out. And my website, playwiththeworld.com and hope to see you over there. Yes. Amazing. Thank you again, Shannon. I'll have everything linked in the show notes so everyone can go find you, find the book, snag your copy, please, please, please. So thank you again for being here. This has been amazing. I'm so glad we got to connect today. Thanks for the beautiful conversation. Yes, of course. Thank you. What if I told you that in 2024, you were going to travel more? I bet you would be excited because who doesn't have travel more on their 2024 vision board? But my loves, it's time to craft a bit of an action plan and take your first steps. And this is where I come in. I'm hosting a trip to Bali, May 23rd to May 29th, 2024 for the Manifest Daily community. I'm so excited about this one. We have a jam-packed itinerary. We have a Balinese cooking class, a sacred monkey forest visit, a coffee brewing workshop, literally the works because that's just a of the itinerary and this trip is a celebration of new beginnings and also a couple of birthdays so if you're curious about bali and you want to meet me there alongside a couple other wonderful amazing beautiful souls head to my website for more information themanifestly.com slash events visit the link in the show notes and yeah let's let's hang out in bali everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.